You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Uh, things have gone from seemingly bad to seemingly much worse for the Packers offseason when it comes to keeping their star players happy. And of course, we have to talk about the latest with Devontae Adams. Uh, we are going to talk about some of the trickle-down effects of this and and maybe not even trickle-down effects, maybe some big-picture stuff as it relates to what's going on in Green Bay and then end the show because we are still a few days away from training camp opening up on Wednesday. Uh, a couple more positional previews that I want to get to before training camp actually begins. Let's start with the actual news, which came out over the weekend that the Packers and Devontae Adams have broken off contract negotiations. And this is notable for a couple of reasons. Number one, we know that they are negotiating, or at least that they were, and that they were doing it, Ian Rappaport, who is reporting this part of the story, that they were doing it in the midst of the uncertainty around Aaron Rodgers. That is a big deal. The fact that the Packers were willing to do this deal and Devontae Adams, more to the point, was willing to do this deal without knowing the future of Aaron Rodgers speaks to a desire from both sides to get a deal done. That part is crucial. You need to have two parties who desire a union in order to get a union unless you're willing to blow them away financially. And that is the problem right now. That the Packers are not willing to pay Devontae Adams the top of market deal. The, the one that DeAndre Hopkins got. The one that, by the way, DeAndre Hopkins negotiated himself. Um, and that's notable. Um, I, I do not think this is, however, a sky is falling moment. The Packers have a history of handling their, their business this way. They had contract negotiations break off with Randall Cobb, with Sam Shields, with David Bakhtiari. Remember, heading into the season, it was like, there's no movement. We haven't heard anything. And then all of a sudden, in December, he gets the monster deal. This is just how they operate. Now, do you, do you want to keep that modus operandi and piss off your best players? No. But. You have a receiver who has shown a willingness to stay, a team that has shown a willingness to say, we want to bring you in. And it sounds like the structure is the problem. The Packers want to stick to their structure where most, if not all of the guaranteed money is in the signing bonus. And they don't you know, guarantee year two contracts or, or year three. They don't, they don't really get into getting creative up front usually. Now, that's not always the case. 
They did with Kenny Clark because they knew they had this looming money problem. They structured his deal. So he was basically, he basically had a, a million dollar base salary to try and fix what was a problematic salary cap situation. So the question for this now is, and Ian Rappaport reported that they are not in a good place. That's not great. That's the same wording he's been using about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. But Devontae is under contract in 2021. He has already said he's not going to hold out um, because the fines have gotten much stiffer. That's another reason why I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to hold out. I think he's going to hold in. I think he's going to show up. Um, and and those are not waivable. The mini camp, uh, mandatory mini camp fines are are waivable. You don't have to assess them. These are not. You can't waive them. So if Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up, he's getting fined. Period. There's there's no like oh well we we might not if you come in a week or something like that. It's it's not that's not the deal. You have to show up. So Dante Adams is is going to play for the Packers this year. The question is is what happens beyond that, and so. Did you lowball him and piss him off and piss him off to the point that he's like, okay, if Rogers is out, then I'm out. And that's where we get to something like the last dance and the, the Jordan Pippen Instagram that the two guys put out in their stories. And you're going, okay, is this one last ride for these two guys? And then they're both going to be gone after the 2021 season. Maybe, maybe, or maybe the expectation is Rodgers is going to show up to camp. It's one last ride for him with Adams. And so then we're going to go from there. The, the thing that I do think is, is worth mentioning about the financial side of this. When you look at the highest paid receivers in the game, DeAndre Hopkins put together a crazy upgrade for receivers in terms of APY. And on the cap, because of, the, because of when he did it and how he did it, he doesn't actually count on the cap 27 plus million in any season of his contract except one. But it is still a 27 APY contract. He's actually in 2024 is going is to cost just 22.6 against the cap. But you look at his average per year and it says 27.25. The next Highest is Julio Jones at 22 million. So this was a huge jump in comp. Now, DeAndre did not get nearly as much guaranteed money. Julio got 64 million fully guaranteed. DeAndre Hopkins um, got a little under 43 million fully guaranteed. The 64 million fully guaranteed that Julio got just is not even close to a number anyone else even approaches. Um, basically there are two other guys or three other guys, excuse me, who got 40 or more and, and none of them have over 45 <laughs> and Julio got 64. This is, this is always the part about these contract negotiations that you just, you just don't know about. You know, we heard when Le'Veon Bell wanted his big deal in Pittsburgh, we heard, oh, Pittsburgh offered this monster deal. They were gonna make him the highest paid running back in the league. And then it turned out that it had a fraction of the guaranteed money that he was looking for, especially at the running back position. That's not gonna work. Now, the Packers, in a situation like this, they do give big signing bonuses, but that's all the guaranteed money that you're going to get in all likelihood. Now, the Packers may have to move around money. They may have to get creative with their accounting here. The problem for them is they've already set the precedent 
that when there is an outlier contract, they will treat that as the top deal and, and recognize it, even though it's an outlier, as the, the, the place that you're working from. They did it with David Bakhtiari, making him the highest paid left tackle in the league, despite the fact that Laramie Tunsil in Houston exploded the tackle market. Exploded it. And did essentially what DeAndre Hopkins did for receivers. If the Packers are willing to pay David Bakhtiari to be the highest paid left tackle in the league, and there is certainly some, some disagreement about whether or not he is the best guy. I think he's the best guy. But there are, you know, there are a couple other guys that you could put right there. ESPN just did the survey, the league survey that said Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. And it wasn't close, by the way. And Pro Football Focus just graded Devontae Adams as the number one receiver in the league. He was the best guy in football last year. And regardless, we've, we've talked about this on the show, regardless of who's under center, you want Devontae Adams on the team. So this isn't a matter of, okay, maybe maybe you want him, maybe you don't. No, you have to have this guy. And he's not old enough that the, the age questions are a problem. He also doesn't rely on explosiveness the same way that someone like Julio Jones does. Now, Julio Jones is a great route runner, but Devontae could lose half a step and still be unbelievable because he is an artisan. He is a craftsman at the line of scrimmage, an unbelievable route runner, a voracious studier, someone who analyzes corners and, and route stems and defenses to make sure he is as mentally prepared as he can be. This is a guy you want on your team and a guy who in the midst of all of the questions around a lot of players around the league, and a lot of receivers who have a lot of thoughts that that uh, offer them outwardly. <laughs> it is not what Devontae Adams does. He has never, ever, ever been a problem. And continues to not be, by the way. The guys in the locker room love him. And he is a respected leader on this team. You have to pay guys like that. What this is to me is Devante saying, I'm, I'm going to maximize my leverage right now because he has a lot with the Packers uncertainty with Devante, with Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers saying, look, this is, this is where we are right now in part because of the uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers. And as a result, if this is, if this is the impasse, then we just have to, to let it be for a little bit. I, from Devontae Adams' standpoint, perfectly, perfectly logical, rational, reasonable. From the Packers' standpoint, I think perfectly logical, rational, and reasonable because they can still get the they can still get the deal done. They've got all season to do the deal, and then they've got part of the offseason to do the deal, and then even into the offseason, they could franchise Devontae. Now that the number could be prohibitive given the salary cap situation, they have a lot of money issues that they have to figure out. Trading Aaron Rodgers would be one way to ameliorate those issues. I think it makes sense for them to say, okay, once Rodgers does what Rodgers does, if he's going to show up to camp or not, uh, he's going to show up. Um, then when he does, you go, okay, this is probably the last year. Going to trade him next year. And then you go, hey, Devontae, let's do this deal now. We'll, we'll get you compensated for this year, especially. 
and then you feel you feel like okay you know we we can we can keep him there's always the options of tagging him and trading him next year there's still a lot of options for green bay but they do not have the leverage right now because of because of the Aaron Rodgers situation Devontae has more than he would otherwise and more than he will in say a month. And so I think it makes sense for both sides. Does that mean that that this is just run of the mill contract stuff? No, we don't really know. We don't really know. And, and so do I think this is cause for concern? It is insofar as Devontae Adams clearly not happy and they didn't get the, the deal done. You'd like for them to have the deal done already, but we also don't know the future of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, whether or not you think it is actually a beautiful mystery is, is its own question, but they, they have a lot to figure out as well. And so Devante is going to come, he's going to play and we're just going to have to, unfortunately, we are just going to have to wait and see on this. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and with so many flavors, Unbelievable flavors, salted caramel, double chocolate, cookies and cream, German chocolate, cherry barcia, coconut. Oh, they're all it's, it's, it's I feel bad even trying to pick a favorite because it, they're like my children. They're all my favorite and they're healthy, too. So not only are they covered in 100 percent chocolate, but they're high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs and low in sugar. What more could you be looking for from a protein bar, really from any snack, anything that you can put in your body that it tastes good and is good for you? Right now, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So I don't want to fall down the rabbit hole with the Last Dance stuff. It is, I think, a little disappointing because they're not trolling the front office. Not really. They're trolling the fans. And that's, I think, disappointing would be the word that I would use. It's disappointing. You know, Nick Vile, friend of the show, he said a couple of times on Twitter, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Disappointed. Now, that part of it aside. Let's stick with this last dance metaphor. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, for those of you who did not watch the last dance or are not up to date with their uh, 90s Bulls history, they hated Jerry Krause. Hated him. Hated him. Not sports hate. Real life did not like him. Acrimonious relationship. Jordan would tease him constantly. And to the point that when he would ride on the bus, they would just destroy him. And there were times when it got contentious, when Scottie Pippen confronted him in front of the whole team about why why won't you pay me, et cetera, et cetera. And he became the, the whipping boy. He became the, um, the, the fall guy in a lot of ways. And... It seems like those guys didn't trust him. What you can't have if you're the Packers is a locker room that views the general manager as a joke. And, you know, we've seen the reports that 
Aaron Rodgers has already been been in group texts to players making these comparisons, trying to push me out. Jordan always felt like that they, you know, that that he was trying to be pushed out, that they that they had preferential treatment for Tony Kukoc, who they drafted. You know, Pippen was mad the year that Jordan was was in baseball. They drew up the, the famous Scotty won't go back in the game. They they drew up the play for for Tony Kukoc instead of Scotty Pippen. There was this feeling that the front office didn't want those guys around anymore, especially from those guys. If the rest of the locker room is looking at this team and this organizational structure, the powers that be, and believe that they are choosing Brian Gutekinds over Aaron Rodgers, that could create real divisions within the organization, fundamental fissures and fractures that are extremely difficult to mend. So if you're superstar players, if Devontae Adams does not feel like he can trust the front office and is, does not feel uh, supported by the front office, there are reports that Zadarius Smith now, unhappy that his contract was handled the way that it was, that they did the simple restructure instead of an extension, and that now, given his cap number in 2022, he is almost certainly not going to be playing on the Packers at that number. Could you give him an extension? Sure. Or you could just cut him. Now, given the dead money on there, I don't think that they would do that. But these are the leaders of your football team. These are the pillars of your football team who are now upset with the way that they're being treated. And it is part of the general manager's job. It's part of the president's job. It's part of the coach's job to make sure that everyone is happy with their situation. And so you can't have this stuff happen. Now, the flip side is the young stars on the team, Jair Alexander, Elton Jenkins, Darnell Savage, they were brought in by Brian Gutekinst. Adrian Amos signed by Brian Gutekinst. Billy Turner signed. Sidarius Smith, Preston Smith signed by Brian Gutekinst. Brought in and propped up by him. And I don't mean to say propped up like they needed to be propped up, but brought in and and um, celebrated financially at the very least. And those guys have been given every opportunity to succeed and they have. They have succeeded. And they're being celebrated for it. Aaron Jones, not a Gutekind's draft pick, but paid. David Bakhtiari, not a Gutekind's draft pick, but paid. Kenny Clark, not a Gutekind's draft pick, but paid. So there are a lot of guys presumably, who feel like, hey, I don't have any problem with this guy. He came in and we got a lot better. Hired Matt LaFleur, who's a, who's a really good coach. But again, you can't create divisions in the locker room. It can't be us versus them. It has to be us and us against everyone else. That's it. That is how you have to play. And this is part of the problem of having the quarterback be the guy at the top of this going, I'm unhappy. I don't want to be here. Because now everyone's looking around going, well, if he's not happy, wait, am I getting screwed by the front office too? If they can push Rodgers out, they can push anybody out. And you're looking around going, what are we doing here? Do any of us want to be here? And that is the the situation that Matt LaFleur now faces. He's going to have to try and hold this locker room together. That is no easy task. And it's going to be up to guys like 
Devontae Adams and Zadarius Smith and David Bakhtiari, who are friends with Aaron Rodgers. And at, at least in the case of, of Bakhtiari, he's been paid. He's going to be on this team. He's going to be a Packer for life. You thought that was going to be true with Devontae Adams. And, and potentially true for Zadarius Smith, who, who would be a Packer at least until the end of his career. But that's not where we are right now. Now, we don't know if there are these divisions in the locker room right now. We don't. And it could be the case that everyone is really pointing the finger at Mark Murphy. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. We don't know that anyone is pointing the finger anywhere except for Aaron Rodgers. We don't know, Devontae Adams, if he's upset. Is it with Russ Ball, who is a notoriously difficult negotiator? Or do you just paint it with a broad brush? Again, we don't know that these locker room fissures exist right now. But the Packers have to be wary of them opening. And they have to find a way to close them if they are. And, you know, Mark Murphy has has said internally, we stand by Brian Gutekinst, who I think as a as a general manager, as a as a player personnel person, has done a, a very good job since joining the team and taking that responsibility on. Has he been as good with the personal side of this? Clearly not. And part of that falls on the shoulders of Mark Murphy as well. Uh, this is this is not the time to rehash the old, do they need an owner thing? Because as I've said many times, an owner is just as likely to come in and screw this up as they are to smooth it over. And we've heard plenty of superstars complain about ownership. So that to me, that is not the problem. Could someone like a benevolent owner theoretically in a perfect world come in and smooth all this over? Sure. Those guys don't really exist. I mean, look, Mark Cuban is is lauded as this, you know, sort of the ideal owner, someone who is in touch with what his players want, who takes an aggressive stance on player empowerment and wants his guys to get every advantage. And yet, his coach just left because his star player didn't like him and is pissed off about another guy in the front office having too much power. Luka Doncic is one of the most important, one of the best players in basketball. Mark Cuban is theoretically a good owner. Unable to smooth that over to the point that his coach, who won this team a title, is no longer there. And you have a superstar who is not, not real thrilled about where he is in the organization. So... I don't, I don't want that to be part of this conversation because I just I don't think it's helpful. The Packers have to guard against what could be going on in the locker room and within the organization. And I, again, unless and until we hear that that's happening, I don't want us to freak out about it. But it is something that, that I do think needs to be mentioned here. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news and info for all your sporting needs. Baseball, uh, we've got the Olympics that you can bet on, golf, fights, it's all there for you at Bet Online, plus the NFL right around the corner. For my money, the best thing and most fun thing to bet on. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. So head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
I want to take a quick look at uh, the, the Packers cornerback position. We know Jair Alexander is going to start. It's pretty clear Shannon Sullivan is going to be that nickel guy and Kevin King is going to get every opportunity to start on the boundary. And I, I th- this, is, this is the time for Josh Jackson. I've said it. I don't need to rehash it. But don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if Eric Stokes is starting by like week two or week three. Just don't be surprised by that. Because... I think there's a really, really good chance that that that's what happens. He, by all accounts, was terrific in camp. And now he's going to get an extended look. He's going to get playing time against real NFL players. Put the pads on where he could theoretically shine because of his experience as a press man corner. And we're going to see if if he is up to speed defensively. That's that's always the toughest hurdle for these rookies. Getting up to speed defensively. Now, the the, the good part for him is... He's not any further behind any of the other DBs because this is a new scheme. So if he picks it up quickly, he could be in a good position to come in here and and steal a spot. Shamar Jean Charles is making this team. No question about it. Uh, And I think we're going to see seven DBs, seven corners. So after that, you've got Stanford Samuels, Josh Jackson, Kadar Holman. I don't think I don't think Holman makes the team. I don't think Holman makes the team. I think um, you're going to see Stan. I, I do think Stanford Samuels is going to make the team. I just think the talent. I think the scheme is such a perfect fit for him. And I think I think Josh Jackson is going to end up making the team. Um, Gene Charles and Samuels can play uh, the special teams reps if you need them to. But I think you have to keep seven. And maybe you know maybe. It's Jackson and Holman and Sam, Samuels is on the practice squad, but I just I don't think Kadar Holman makes this team. The questions are going to be about roles. Do we see Jay Alexander in the star some? Do we see Shannon Sullivan playing you know a little bit of everywhere? Sometimes safety is he part of some of the the pre snap disguise that they go out there and use? That's the stuff that that I think is interesting when it comes to the cornerback room. All eyes are going to be on Eric Stokes. I mean, he is, uh, at least defensively, right? I mean, offensively, we know what the deal is. Uh, everyone is going to be dissecting every play Jordan Love makes. And I- I'm I'm interested to see, you know, if Rodgers does come to camp, is he taking reps? What's the deal? Because, again, I, I think he's coming. I think he's, he's going to show up. But once he shows up, is it going to be I'm all in? Or is it going to be, nah, I'm not really going to practice. You guys know where my position is. I don't want to be here. All that stuff. Even if he is there. You know, this was this was a, a coach in Matt LaFleur who gave Jordan Love all the reps. Like Blake Bortles, LOL. No, Jordan Love is getting all the reps. How do you handle that? It's just an interesting question. I, I think I would treat corner in a similar way. Now, they won't. But I, that's, that's what I would do. Kevin King, guess what? I'm giving 70% of the first team boundary corner reps opposite Jair Alexander to Eric Stokes. And I'm going to see if he can do it. Because if he can do it, we don't need you. That would that would be my perspective if I were the, the coach. But I'm not. I don't think they're going to do that. But certainly I would give him more reps than maybe he deserves, quote unquote, at the moment. Just because you want to see him. You want to give him those reps and you want to see him. 
Now he's going to have plenty of time, family night and joint practices and preseason games. We're, we're actually going to get that full run of play here, which is great. But we know what Kevin King is. And if they cut him, if he doesn't make the team, it's it's just you know a little over a million dollars in dead cap to eat. I don't think it's fair to complete that Kevin King makes the roster. So look, I, this is this is certainly um, I, I think defensively the thing that everyone is going to be watching in camp. And I wish we could have spent more time on it, but guess what? Uh, this Packers team is is a little bit of a mess with its star players, and we can't not talk about it. So we're going to be back tomorrow, hopefully talking about more football as we get ready for training camp to open in just a few days. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920 341 3775 to stay locked on Packers.